Welcome to C3 Church Hobart. You're about to listen to a message from our series every day. We hope that you enjoy this message and please get in touch with us if you would like to be connected. I've got a word prepared. But I don't want to rush a moment that's just happened. Because there will be some who came in today and there's so many curtains that are that are around you that you can't see anywhere. It's kind of like those homes where you go in there and it's so dark. And it's just about opening and seeing the light seeing what God has for you. But sometimes we do it and we're a little bit afraid. We're afraid to see because it's bright. And we haven't looked out that window for a while. I really just want to speak to those who maybe are coming in today. Might be the first time. You may have been here a while you're feeling that there is that time to just, you know what, open up that curtain. You know, when that curtain was torn in two, there was a freedom that was given to us. The ability to say, I accept the fact that my sins were taken from me, rested upon the shoulders of of Jesus who hung on the cross. And when he rose from the grave he defeated death in order that I might be set free Heavenly Father we just thank you for this time God anointed time Heavenly Father on a Sunday morning that each person who's come in the door is here because they're meant to be here Heavenly Father I just pray over the next 25 minutes that there is a word that comes that people will look past me delivering it, Heavenly Father, but they will see a word that comes. Lord God, it may be those who are watching online right now, sitting in your, in your kitchen or your lounge room, or maybe you're, you're watching this as you go on a walk. And there's been something said already, whether it be in the worship, whereby you know that you know that God is speaking to you right at this moment. Heavenly Father, I pray there is no distractions for the next 20, 25 minutes, Lord God. And that you'll hear clearly what He wants you to say. In your mighty name, amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Hey, it's great to have you here if you are in the building with us or watching online. And no, I don't need you, Siri. Um, it's great to have you here. We're at, uh, we're at our 11 o'clock service. We've already had our 9 o'clock service. And uh, we're also going down to the Huon Valley today. Nathan Chester is preaching down in the Huon Valley today. Really looking forward to that. So it's a beautiful day out there, is it? Actually, I haven't been out for a while. Totally. It's a perfect day out there. Well, this is going online, so we're telling everybody that it's a perfect day out there. It's always a perfect day here in Tasmania. Hey, I want to get straight into scriptures, and in particular, the book of Acts. And I trust that uh, if you are using your TYB, 
that the early chapters of Acts have been well and truly trashed. Now, I say that to those who understand and would have received a Bible about six months ago, about eight months ago now, three weeks before lockdown, we felt as a church leadership to give away a Bible to every adult in the church. And it took us months to plan and and came at a significant cost, but we felt committed to equipping people with the manual of life. I am a typical male. If I get something from a store, it comes out of the box, the box goes to the side, and I try to put it together. I never once read the instructions because they're irrelevant to me. That is until I find out that I have no idea what I'm doing and I then have to go back actually out to the bin because my wife has cleaned up behind me and she's already put the stuff in the bin and I have to try and find the manual to fix that thing. Can I tell you, don't leave this on the shelf. It is the manual of life. Inside this is ways that will help you get through the journey of life. There's things in here where I've read this and I have just cried tears because I'm facing a situation, yet yet as I've read this, it's like God has turned to the exact page where I wanted to be because there is a word in there that I needed right at that time. If you're new to us today and you're kind of annoyed thinking, well, I wasn't here eight months ago and I didn't receive a new Bible, I want to give the offer now to go out to the hub after the service and to register because we would love to give out more Bibles. That's what we're known as a church. That's a pretty good thing to be known as. So I'm going to encourage you if you haven't got one or if you haven't received one or maybe you received one and you gave it away to someone, well, that's pretty good too. Then we'd love to be able to give you a new Bible. So head out to the hub straight after the service. We've been looking at the Holy Spirit in a series that we have called Every Day. And my prayer has been that this series would help us understand that the Holy Spirit is not this weight or burden designed to make our life more complicated, nor is it, is it like a magic trick where we can kind of take it out of our bag when we want to in order to show off to people. There is parts of the faith journey that we will not and do not understand. And that is because to understand is to say that we are at the same level as God. A God who is infinite in who He is, in His wisdom and and everything about Him. It was Jesus, who who is the Son of God, who said to His disciples this, You don't understand what I'm doing, but soon it will be made clear to you. He went on to say, he said, I'm telling you these things while I'm still living with you, while I'm still around you, the friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. I need to know those sort of verses. Because to me, I need to know that God's got me and He's going to make it plain to me through the Holy Spirit. Goes on to say, he will remind you of the things I have told you. I'm leaving you well and whole. That's my parting gift to you. The Holy Spirit is a gift made available. 
whether you're driving in your car on Macquarie Street or walking across the road, whether you're from any country around the nation as we celebrated last week, or whether you're sitting on a chair pondering life, maybe in one of the greatest seasons of your life or maybe in a time when you're, you're trying to work out what to do, the Holy Spirit is there. Turn with me to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 25. Are you with me today, church? Yeah? Come on, are you with me? Great to have you. Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 25. Starts with this. And Saul approved of them killing him. If I'm an author, I probably wouldn't start it like that. It doesn't sound really upbeat. But it's referring to the stoning of Stephen, who was a believer and was killed for preaching the gospel. Goes on to say, On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. The thing that I see about this is, is it's no different to the society we live in now. Stephen was, was put to death, stoned for speaking the gospel, for speaking the good news. And what it did is it created a mob mentality when all of a sudden they took upon a moment in life and they've said, right, we're going to do this and we're going to scatter all the Christians. We're getting them out of here. We're getting them out of Jerusalem. We don't want the believers here. And this is what, where we're at. In 2011, I was tasked to evacuate a number of VIPs that had been injured in a battle that would eventually see Libya's former dictator, Muammar al-Gaddafi, deposed. And I guess the mission was a success because I'm standing here talking to you today. But in reality, it was a 24-hour adrenaline-fueled blur to which I don't remember a lot about. However, one moment will always stand out in my mind. And that was just after we took off from the airstrip, leaving to head back to Crete. And I noticed that one of the wives of the VIPs was sitting near the, the rear of the clinical area that we'd set up in the back of the plane. And as she was looking out the window of the plane, she started weeping. Now, I remember thinking to myself that I'd done a triage on her and she wasn't too greatly injured. But I just felt to go and see if she was okay. And as I knelt to the side of her, I could see what she was looking at, which was the rubble and the burning remains of Benghazi, which was once her hometown. As many of them did, this woman spoke enough English where we could have a conversation. And as I, as I asked her how she was, she said to me that the tears were of complete sadness. And I remember thinking to myself, this place is literally a war zone. You've been ruled by an evil dictator and we have just busted our chops to get you out of here and you're sad. But it was what she said next that caught me. She said, I'm sad because today I am being forced from the place 
that I've called home all my life. Then she paused. She placed her hand on top of mine. And I remember her wiping away her tears and she said, but I will be okay because the only thing greater than fear is hope. And I don't want to belittle any situation that you may be going through today. But there is comfort in the words of Jesus, who in that same passage in John said to his disciples, if you love me, obey me, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you the comforter, and the comforter will never leave you. Can I tell you this, church? That whatever that situation is that you are going through right now, that that, that the Scriptures tell me, that the life manual tells me very clearly that we've got a Father in heaven who loves us so much that He would send the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, to be our helper to be our advocate. goes on to say, He is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive Him. Why? Because they aren't looking for Him. goes on to say this in verse 18. I love this. It says, I will not abandon you or leave you as orphans in the storm. I will come to you. You know, the central truth of the Holy Spirit, the more I look on this, is found in that phrase in when it says, I will not leave you as orphans. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't think for a moment that, that I'm leaving you to be on your own now. I, Those around 2,000 years ago, they kind of had it lucky because I was standing there beside them and I could correct them when they did dumb things because they did dumb things. And we do dumb things. And and often we do these dumb things and when then we're kind of down on ourselves, going, man, I did these dumb things. Here's Jesus says, I will send the Holy Spirit who is your comforter and will not leave you. You see, we leave the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't leave us. There was a moment in the life of King David. It's found in 1 Samuel 30, somewhere around there. And he's been out fighting for the Lord. He's been out on ministry. How many of you can relate to this? He's out doing ministry. He's out there serving the church. He's out there fighting against the Philistines. And he comes back to his hometown of Ziglag or where they were living in Ziglag. And after going out on on mission, going out on serving, going out and doing these things, he comes back and he finds that his town is completely plundered. They've burned down all of their houses. They've kidnapped their their, their families and their, their wives and kids. He comes back and this is what he's faced with. It even says then, In the early chapters of of, of chapter 30, it says that his own men turned against him. You know, know, there will be times when, when those who you think are closest to you will turn against you. And David's been out on the battlefield serving. I talked about this last week. When we're in alignment, that's when the anointing comes. There'll be disagreements And there will be times when we don't see ministry right. There'll be times when we don't see things the same way. But when we are in alignment, then the anointing comes. And it said that David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. I reckon I would be too. 
Yet just two verses later, on what was possibly the worst day of his life, it says this, David found strength and comfort in the Lord. If we go back to the Scripture, we up to verse 4. It says this, Those who had been scattered on their worst day of their life, those who had been kicked out of their town, those who were flying, they weren't flying out on a plane, but they were told, I don't even think they were probably told to take a donkey. They have been scattered. Those who have been scattered did what? They preached the word wherever they went. On the worst day of their life, they said, no, you know what? I'm going to preach the word wherever I go. Verse 5, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the play, paid close attention to what he said. For with, with shrieks, impure spirits came out of the many, and many who were paralyzed and lamed were healed. There was great joy in that city. The city of Samaria, it was a basket case. Jews didn't go there, yet there was great joy in that city. A man named Philip, who was on the worst day of his life, has been told to get out of his town. Now, now here's the thing. We know that Philip had four daughters. Later on, we know about that. It's quite possible that he was told to leave them behind. On what is the worst day of his life, it says that they went and they preached the gospel. And what happened? There was great joy in that city. Can I just tell you now that you may be facing a situation where it might be the worst day of your life, but there is, there is a, a challenge situated before you. There is still a word to be spoken. Because it may not be in your joy, but you may bring joy in the word you do to others. It doesn't say Philip here wasn't behind the scenes crying. He didn't go off stage and have a little tear. He probably did. He's human. But, but by being obedient to what God was saying, it says that there was great joy in the city. As I prepared for this series, I felt over and over and over God saying to me that the Holy Spirit is available to us every day. On the days when we are on the top of the mountain and on the days when we're in the valleys. But what drew me to this particular scripture was this guy called Philip. You see, this is not Philip the disciple. This is not Philip, one of those 12 that Lucas was talking about, who you know, put his feet up on the, on the table at the Lord's Supper and was one of the chosen few. This is Philip who a little bit earlier we read was part of the care team. That's what he was. Philip was chosen along with six others to look after the widows and the poor. He was part of the, the I was going to say the C3 cares team. He was part of C3 cares team. C3 Samaria. That'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Can we do it? Oh, we're recording this, aren't we? God bless Pastor Phil. C3 Samaria, we're going there. Philip was, was, was part of the care team. That was his job. He wasn't standing on stage with all the glory and the lights and all of this sort of stuff. He was feeding the widows and the poor. I may not know or understand everything about the Holy Spirit. But what I know this is that with an obedient heart, the Holy Spirit will be my closest friend. 
I want to honour time, but I feel compelled. I'll get you up tones, but I feel compelled to speak just into this next part of the scripture because a story can't end here. And I really believe that in these next few verses are going to unlock for something for people today around our desire to control the Holy Spirit. Pastor Phil says this in his book, Moving in the Spirit. He says, the power of Christ doesn't depend on the power of man. It says, rather the opposite is true. The power of God relies on the powerlessness of man. Verse 9 says this. I'm going to read a little bit of scripture here. Stick with me. It says this. Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great and all the people both high and low gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized and he followed Philip everywhere, astounded by the great signs and miracles that he saw. Verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John down there. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they may also receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized. Verse 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received. Listen to this, O church. Verse 18, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying of the apostles' hand, he offered money. He said, give me this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered him straight away and said, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God. There's a story, a well-known story about an up-and-coming young circus entrepreneur called P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum had heard that there was a great preacher by the name of Charles Spurgeon who was drawing crowds of up to 10,000 people a night. And it was reported that Barnum sent a telegraph inviting Spurgeon to come and speak as part of his circus tour. He would pay him handsomely. He He would look after all of his costs. It was also said that upon receiving the telegraph, Spurgeon replied and said this, Dear Mr. Barnum, thank you for your kind offer to lecture in the circus tents in America. You'll find my answer in Acts chapter 13, verse 10. Now look it up when you get home. But effectively what Spurgeon was saying was that the gospel is not a sideshow that is for sale. I want to finish with what I believe is a helpful warning. You know, those kind of warnings that the the weather people give to sheep graziers and boat people and all of that sort of stuff. You know, those helpful warnings. And it's in relation to a generation of believers that I call the Jesus but believers. In other words, I'll follow what Jesus said but I reserve the right to leave out those things that don't suit my lifestyle. I will proclaim the gospel wherever you want me to, Jesus, but only when it suits me. 
I will agree with what the Bible says, but I want to stay in control of my own decisions. Here's the thing. If you are 99% committed to Jesus, you are still 100% in control. Because ultimately you decide what 99% He gets. And with that 1%, you can change the terms of your life at any time. This is the best thing though. You don't have to buy the Holy Spirit. You don't have to control the Holy Spirit. It is a gift given by God to all those who have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes. In just a moment, we're going to finish with a worship song. We'll finish with that last one we did, Tone. Just as all eyes are closed, I feel today that there were some who came have been trying to hold on to control. And for you, it might be just 1%. It's kind of like, God, I'm only holding on to 1%. It's okay. I've given you everything else in my life, but just let me hold on to this 1%. It doesn't really matter anyway. It's not affecting anybody else. I've stuck with you in the good and the bad times. I need to have some control. Scriptures are very clear. Where it says that he will spew out of his mouth those who are lukewarm. You see, our God desires us to be hot for Him. To give over everything. It doesn't mean we'll get it right every time. It doesn't mean that we won't have the worst days of our life sometimes. But it's our heart's desire, our willingness to say, I give over to you, God, all my life. I give over those parts that were broken in my life. You see, when Jesus died on the cross, He didn't just take some sins and leave you with some to hang on to. That'll teach you. He took all your transgressions. He defeated death once and for all. Just as all eyes are closed, I'm just going to ask those in the room who right at this moment say, do you know what? I'm tired of trying to hold on to control. God, I want to give it back to you. If that's you, just I want you to raise your hands. All eyes are closed just across the room. Thank you. I can see those hands. Thank you. I can see them going up. Right across. Keep them right up. Put them right up. Thank you. I can see them. I can see double hands going up for some people. Put them up. Fantastic. Right across this place. Thank you. I can see those hands right at the back there. Just 10 more seconds. Keep them up. Thank you. I can see that hand as well. Thank you. I can see them. A lot of double hands going up. Thank you, Lord God. 
fantastic. You can put them down. We're going to close with that worship song that we sung, the last one there. But I just want to say that we've got a Heavenly Father that loves us so much that on the tough days, He's there for us. He celebrates our victories. And I know that I know that I know inside of me that when I give 100% control to God, that I feel like I've got that comforter, that healer, that advocate beside me and with me at all times. God bless. Let's stand and let's just worship as we go. And I just want to encourage those who raise their hand. We'd love to be able to speak with you. So if you raised your hand, please don't go anywhere. We want to be able to to catch up with you and pray with you and just explain a little bit more and to be able to get to know you a little bit more. So please, just straight after the service, we'll be meeting here just after this one worship song in two or three minutes. Don't go anywhere. Just meet with us and we'd love to be able to pray with you. God bless. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for being with us today. If you're impacted by this message, would like to get connected, or would like to know more about our church, please visit our website at c3hobart.org.au. See you next time.